That is one of their best, no doubt about it. Midnight Oil on Triple M headed to Western Australia for their rescheduled show towards the end of September. Hope you've got your tickets. If you want to read more about that, go to triplem.com.au. Have a look for the rock news section. We haven't got anything there about a mouse plague, but we could be having some problems. So you might remember last year, especially in the eastern states, there was some awful footage that we saw of just zillions and zillions of mice. Well, the regional areas are getting hit again already, uh, and it might get worse. We'll see. Associate Professor Bill Bateman is from Curtin University and he's with us. Good afternoon, sir. I hope you're well. Good afternoon. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you. When I mentioned this in the office, the universal thing that I got, and I think it's probably obvious why, it was like, oh, yuck, horrible. The farmers, of course, are thinking about the damage that these little buggers do. But um, why is it that it creeps us out so much with all of these? I think there's something sort of non-intuitive about just seeing like thousands and thousands of mice in one go. We're used to the idea of one or two running around. But when we just get thousands of them and uh, they're living and dying all around us and there's a terrible smell of uh, decomposing rats and mice, it's, uh, it's a pretty horrifying situation. In the eastern states, it was ugly last year. We also had some problems on this side of the border. And I picked up that at uh, Latham, east of Kanama, already there's some big problems uh, in the Midwest, uh, farms in Esperance as well. What else is your research showing you about how bad it is at the moment? Well, the, the mice go through these booms and busts. I mean, they're not native mice. They were introduced here um, by, by European settlers. And uh, they they go through these booms. Our native mice go through booms and busts as well, but these guys do even better. So we just get uh, a low background number of them. And then when the food supply appears, they'll just explode in number. And there's um, they can breed when they're only a few weeks old. They can produce dozens of litters and they can produce a dozen in each litter. So you just get this huge explosion. And they're taking advantage of these massive supplies of food, either in the field or in the silos. And uh, when they do that, they'll start damaging crops in the field and then they'll get into the silos and not only will they eat the crops but they'll damage it by dying in there and by defecating in there uh, so it becomes a problem at every level of the uh, of the whole food production chain for the farmers and this can cost uh, you know zillions of dollars in in uh, lost revenue as well and like if that happens to a farmer one year that's bad last year we had it this year again i mean Really, it's absolutely, yeah. And one of the problems seems to be is, or one of the implications is that because our winters are getting milder, the low background level is actually getting higher. So by the time the uh, the mouse explosion is ready to happen and the crops are already at a relatively high level because they haven't been knocked back by really cold weather, mm. together with things like you know um, our native predators, goannas and snakes and owls and things like that, are also less likely to be found in farmland now because of changes and farming practices and loss of native vegetation. So they're really our frontline defence against these mice. Yeah, you, you can't really set a mouse trap, can you? <laughs> so that's not going to work. Are we getting better at predicting these and then, you know, looking after them and making sure that it doesn't happen or maybe not as badly in the future? Well, we're, we're pretty good now, I think, at predicting it or at least being aware that it's going to be a potential problem. But it has to be fought on multiple fronts. We, uh, we do use um, uh, 
poisons, obviously, but we have first what are called first-generation poisons and second-generation poisons. And there was a push last year for farmers over east to be allowed to use what's called second-generation poisons. And that's very worrying because those second-generation poisons are very good at killing mice, but then they accumulate, they um, um, bioaccumulate in the environment such that they'll poison anything else. Oh. So we then start losing our snakes and goannas and owls and hawks. But over here, we're still, and it didn't happen over East, I'm glad to say, but we're still using um, first-generation poisons, which are effective, not as effective as the second ones, but they have less knock-on effect to the environment. Mm. So we can use that as a, as a defense. We can rely on our native predators as a defense, but also a lot of it uh, comes back to the poor old farmer who then has to invest in making sure that there's no residual grain left in the field, that the silos are up to like sort of 21st century standard and can't be uh, penetrated by mice, and then of course you know that uh, defending his defending their crops then become then becomes an expense a further expense to the farmer. Oh boy, and so it and so it goes. Uh, have you got any background information, um, Bill, about how bad this one might be? Is there data that you can put in there to go, you know, a little bit down the track? Oh, look out. Well, I mean, that's what CSIRO has done. They said that we've had a, a hot, dry summer and we've now got the rains coming. And so far, I mean, obviously the rains are declining year on year, but so far they've been pretty good. And that's usually a sign that there's going to be a mouse explosion. And the poor old farmer cops it again. Yeah, exactly. What we need to have happen here, I think, Bill, is for it to happen in St. George's Terrace and then more people might care about it. <laughs> they, yes, absolutely. They might take a little more notice and a little more concern. We'll I see. that's true. Thank, <laughs> thank you, though, for your work. And, uh, look, it's, it's nice to be able to talk to you. Please keep in touch. If there's any other message you need to get out there to the farming community, give me a call and we'll most certainly get you back again. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. And thank you, Associate Professor Bill Bateman. Now, I'm interested to know from farmers, have you got a problem at the moment? Are you seeing anything building up? 04800 97 400. That's the text line here at Triple M.